Today we're going to begin a brand new series called Greater. Say Greater. I have some good news for you today. How many's ready for some good news? I mean, we've had enough bad news, but I've got some good news for you today. And the good news is Jesus is greater. He's greater than our fears, greater than our anxieties, greater than our problems, greater than our doubts, greater than our current situation. And the list is endless. Whatever that you might be facing today, and the situation might be great, but Jesus is greater. Amen. Well, today we are going to address the fact that Jesus is greater than our storms. Greater than our storms. I want us to look at a very, very familiar passage of Scripture, and it's one that that we've looked at before on more than one occasion. I will assure you that even though this is an old text, I promise you it is a new sermon. All right? All right. So let's read about this. It's found in the book of Matthew, or excuse me, the book of Mark. The book of Mark, chapter number four. Mark, chapter number four. It begins with verse 35 and it ends with verse number 41. Let's read it this morning. It says, on the same day when evening had come, he, Jesus, said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was, and other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and they said to him, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. But he said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly, and they said to one another, Who can this be, that even the wind and the sea obey him? Well, there's four things that I find. There's other things, but four things that I want to point out to you in this story today. The first thing that I see in this story is the instruction. And we find the instruction in verse number 35. Let's read that again. On the same day when evening had come, Jesus said to them, let us cross over to the other side. I want to say two things about the instruction. First of all, I want to say that God's instructions are often perplexing to us. Would you agree this morning that the instructions that we receive from God, they're often perplexing to us. I want us to notice this phrase in verse number 35. You know, it's easy just to read the Bible, just read over things, not understanding that in every phrase, in every sentence almost throughout the Bible, there is meaning that we can can glean from. So I want us to notice the phrase, this phrase in verse number 35, when evening had come. Say evening. When evening had come. I, I don't know, I'm just surmising. I'm just trying to read between the lines. I'm just trying to put myself in their shoes and think how they might have thought. And perhaps, perhaps the disciples questioned uh, the timing of this instruction. Evening. 
maybe they thought, you know, wouldn't it be better if we were to spend the night where we already are? I mean, we've been here all day, and we're tired, and we're weary, and night is coming on. And, and perhaps they thought, wouldn't it be better to spend the night where we are and, and get a fresh start in the morning? How many, how many know they might have thought about that? Maybe they thought, you know, should we be out on the water when it gets dark? It's evening now. We haven't even began our journey, and it's evening now. Why don't we stay here? Why don't we rest and refresh ourselves, get a good start first thing in the morning, and maybe we don't need to be out there on the water at night. Also remember that among these disciples, some of them were professional fishermen. I, I know that they would not get into a boat without, first of all, discerning the sky. And they were experts at it. I mean, they made their living by fishing and, and, and by the use of boats and being on the water. And, and I don't know, but perhaps, perhaps the disciples that were fishermen, maybe, perhaps they, they saw the storm clouds building up. And if they were to see the storm clouds uh, building up, you know, off in the, in the distant future, perhaps they were perplexed about the instruction that Jesus was giving them to get into the boat and to go to the other side. Let me ask you this morning, have you ever struggled with an instruction from Jesus? I have. Lord, you want me to do what? (laughs) In Matthew chapter 14, verse 22, it says that Jesus had to make his disciples get in the boat and set sail. See, here's what I know. That is sometimes getting on board with the instructions of Jesus can be very perplexing. You know, that's true with individual instructions, the things that the Lord gives us individually when the Holy Spirit speaks to us to do this or that or something else. You know, it's true there, but it is also true with some of the general instructions that are given to all of us in his word. I don't know about you, but sometimes there's some instructions in the word of God I have a hard time with. Well, you're much more spiritual than I am, but I have a little difficulty with some of the instructions that are in, in the Word of God. But here's what we need to understand, and that is God always has a purpose for his instructions. Sometimes the instruction is perplexing to us. Sometimes we don't understand. We can't comprehend. We can't get our mind around what the Lord is asking us to do. But God always has a purpose for his instructions. Here's what I know. And that is God is working from a master plan. See, all we see is the here and the now. But God is working from a master plan. He knows the beginning from the end. See, God knows where he is taking us, and he knows what it's going to take in order to get us there. He knows what our future is, and he knows what's next for us. Uh, he, He knows who and what is waiting on us. See, for Jesus and the disciples, see, you got to read a little bit before, you got to read a little bit after to get the full story in, in, in every story in, in, in the Bible. But for Jesus and the disciples, uh, it was the demoniac of Gadara. That was their future. That was why they were going to the other side. That's why, that's why they were going was to minister and set free the, the, demo, the demoniac of Gadara. Well, you'll find his story in Mark chapter 5, verses 1 through 20. Jesus said in verse 35 of chapter number 4, let us cross over to the other side. Notice that Jesus told them what, but he did not tell them why. 
But Jesus knew why. How many know Jesus knew why? He had a purpose for the voyage. He had a purpose. He had a plan. He knew what he was doing. But even though Jesus told them the what, he didn't tell them the why. He he knew who and he knew what was waiting for them, but he didn't reveal it to the disciples. I, I wonder why Jesus didn't tell them the purpose of their trip. Maybe it would have made it easier for them to get into the boat. Maybe it would have been made it easier for them to say yes. Maybe it would have been less perplexing if Jesus would have told them the purpose of the trip. How many would agree with me? Why did he not? Well, perhaps one reason. I'm sure there are many reasons. I may come back and preach five reasons one of these days. But perhaps one reason was to teach them trust. Can you see that? Trust. Just trust me. Just trust me, boys. Just just trust me enough to get into the boat and set sail, even when you do not know why. Even when you don't want to, just trust me. How about us? Do we trust Jesus enough to get on board with him, even when he doesn't tell us why? He often tells us the what. Seldom does he tell us the why. But we need to understand that he always has a why. But he simply wants us to get on board with him. He simply wants us to obey his instruction. He simply wants us to trust him with the why. I may still tracking with me this morning. Yeah, God always has a purpose for his instructions, and God is always at work. Oh, like that new song that we're singing, or it's new to us anyway, and I love it. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Oh, even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. You never stop. You never stop working. I'm glad I just didn't sing that to you. Amen. I've been preaching so long now that I have a Rice Krispie voice. Snap, crackle, and pop. Amen. Now, the first thing that I see in this story is the instruction. Get in the boat, boys. We're going to sail to the other side. Oh, we have somewhere to go. We have something to do, so let's get going. Second thing that I see here is, and that is I see the interruption. The interruption. We see this in verse number 37. It says, and a great storm arose. And the waves beat into the boat, and so that the boat was already filling with water. Here's what I know, and that is we seldom get from point A to point B without interruption. Would you agree? And even when we are being sent by by Jesus, seldom do we get from point A to point B without interruption. And God seldom leads us in a straight line. But here's what I've discovered, and that is it's usually the lessons that we learn in the interruptions that prepare us for the arrival. I want to say two things here, two statements about interruptions. First of all, God orchestrates our instructions sometimes. Now, I'm not saying that interruptions are always orchestrated by by God, but he's on the list. (laughs) See, sometimes the devil is the orchestrator. And sometimes other people are the cause. And sometimes we cause our own interruptions with our own day of stupid. Ever had one of those? Sometimes it's just the fact that we live in an imperfect and fallen world. But the truth is, if you will read the word of the Lord, you will discover that God orchestrates our instructions sometimes. See, see sometimes we're not ready for our destination 
And sometimes our destination is not ready for us. So out of love for us and for our own protection and for our own preparation, God will send or allow an interruption into our life in order to delay our arrival at our intended destination. Second thing that I want to say right here is this, and that is God-ordained interruptions are meant to teach and mature us. There's a reason, there's a purpose for the interruption. That purpose is to teach and to mature us. Romans chapter 5, verse 3 through 4 says, says we can rejoice too when we run into problems. Huh? What? I thought that's when we were supposed to complain and whine and cry. No, Paul says we can rejoice when we run into problems and trials. Why, Paul? He gives us the answer. He says, for we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. So here's what we know this morning, and that is interruptions are not always bad. Sometimes they are our best friend. Sometimes they are what we need in order to give us more time to prepare for our intended destination. Fact of the matter is, if we knew what was waiting on us in the future, we might not be in such a hurry to get there. My admonition to you today is simply this, enjoy where you are on the way to where you're going. My admonition for you today is this, and that is learn as much as you can where you are because you're going to need it when you get where you are going. I promise you, you'll be far more successful once you get there if you have prepared yourself along the way. Yeah, God-ordained interruptions are meant to teach and mature. Let's look at the, the next thing that I see in this story, and that is the inclination. Back to our story. Jesus had instructed his disciples to get in a boat and to set sail and go to the other side of the sea. And the Bible says that somewhere along the way, in their journey, a great storm arose and the waves began to beat into the sides of the ship. And so the boat was absolutely full of water. Things are getting very, very serious. And I believe too, well I believe, I, I believe the scripture will bear this out, that two very common inclinations began to arise in the hearts of the disciples. But here's the thing I want us to understand, and that is all of us have had these ourselves at some point in our journey. And the first inclination is this, and that is to think that we're all alone in the storm. To think that we're all alone in the storm. The truth is we are never alone in the storm. First of all, Jesus is with us. Let's go back to the very first verse that we read. Jesus said, let us, say us. Jesus said, let us cross over to the other side. Here's what I know this morning, and that is Jesus never gives us an assignment that excludes him. Oh, Jesus said, I will never leave you. Jesus said, I will never forsake you. But also notice what verse 36 says. It says that there were other little boats that were also with him. See, the disciples weren't the only ones in the storm. Their boat wasn't the only one that was on the water that night. There were other little boats. 
You know, we have been in a storm for the past several months, a storm like our generation has never faced before. It's not a storm that has never been faced by man before. It has on more than one occasion. But, but it's a storm that our generation has never faced before. The good news is we're not in it alone. We're not in it alone. Somebody said we're all in the same boat. That's not true. We're not all in the same boat. We're all in the same storm. <laughs> We're not all in the same boat. See, some are, are, are aboard a yacht. And some are paddling for all they're worth in a canoe. We're not all in the same boat, but we're all in the same storm. And, and this is why there's, there, there's been more than one response to the storm. Have you noticed the difference in response to the storm that we're in, the difference is we're in different boats. Makes a difference when you're in a storm with a bigger boat. And so the reason why there's so much division, one of the many reasons there's so much division today is that although we are all in the same storm, we are not all in the same boat. And the inclination, especially if you're in a canoe, is to think that you're all alone in the storm. The truth is you're not. There are other little boats out there on the water in the storm with you. And aboard these other little boats are people. People. People that are, that are concerned, just like you are concerned. People that are, that, 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 are, that are worried. People that are anxious, just like you may be. Oh, oh, listen. But I asked you this morning, so, so since there's other little boats out there and there's other people in the same, oh, same storm that we are, why don't we cheer one another on? Why don't we cheer one another on instead of tearing each other down? Tearing each other down with our uncaring attitudes and negative comments and criticisms to those who are not responding, say responding, to those that are not responding to the storm like we are responding. But you don't understand, they're in a different boat. And we need to understand that, and we need to be loving, and we need to be kind. Amen. And we need to have hearts, you know, that are open to other views and other things, realizing it's the same storm, but it's a different boat. The second inclination is to feel abandoned by Jesus. Verse 38, the disciples woke Jesus up and they said to him, don't you even care that we are perishing? Jesus, our boat is full of water. Oh, the wind and the waves are throwing us around like nobody's business. Oh, oh Jesus, why don't you do something? Hey, Jesus, perhaps they said, they, maybe they said, you know, we didn't agree with your instructions in the first place. We didn't want to leave where we were. We sure didn't want to start this journey at night. Jesus, you know, really the bottom line is it's your fault we're even in this storm and you're going to sleep through it? Don't you care that we're perishing? Let me ask you this morning, have you ever had an inclination like this before? And before you answer me, let me tell you that I'm preaching about lying next Sunday. Yeah, the truth of the matter is when we're in the middle of our storm, it's only human to have this in inclination to feel abandoned by Jesus. Lord, if you're omnipotent, 
Jesus, if you're all-powerful, Jesus, if you can do anything and everything, Jesus, if you really do love me, Jesus, where are you? I'm in the storm. Don't you care about me? I'm in the storm. I'm about to go under. I'm about to drown. Where are you, Jesus? Don't you even care that 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 I'm about to perish? Where are you, Jesus? I can't see you, Jesus. I I can't feel you, Jesus. I, I can't hear you, Jesus. All we can see, feel, and hear are the effects of the storm. But don't forget, oh, even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. You never stop. You never stop working. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. That is who you are. That is who you are. Which leads us into the fourth thing that I see in this story, and that is the intervention. Let me say two things here this morning. Our storms are no match for Jesus. Notice two verses here. Verse 37 says, a great windstorm arose. Jesus gets them into the boat, gets them out on the water. He goes down the bottom of the boat, gets a pillow, and takes a nap. And in the middle of their voyage, a great windstorm arose. Verse 37, a great windstorm arose. But verse 39 says, then he arose. Don't you love that? Yeah, verse 37 says, a great windstorm arose. But 39 says, then he arose. I'm telling you this morning that the storm, oh, our storms are no match for Jesus. Oh, listen, the storm might be great, but Jesus is greater, greater than our storm, whether that be a literal storm or we're speaking figuratively. Oh, listen, listen, listen. Oh, your storm might be a marriage that's gone bad. It might be a wayward child. It might be a financial crisis. Oh, it might be the betrayal of a friend. It could be depression. It could be an illness. It could be a disease. It could be a wounded spirit and the list could go on and on and on. Listen, whenever the, whatever the storm might be, our storms are no match for Jesus. Verse 37 says, a great storm arose. But 39 says, and he arose. Jesus is greater than our storm. In fact, Jesus is the master over our storms. Let's read what happens. Let's go back to verse 39 and read verses 39 through 41. Then he arose, Jesus, he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace be still. In the original language, you know, we think Jesus just kind of stood up and said, now, shh, shh, now, storm, be quiet. Hush now. But in the original language, it implies the fact that Jesus stood up and he looked into the eye of the storm and he said, shut up! Peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. And he said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly. And they said to one another, who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? Verse 41, the disciples said to one another, who can this be? Who do we have riding with us in this boat? Who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? I love what the King James Version says. Oh, the King James Version says, the disciples says, what manner of man is this? 
What manner of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? I'll answer the question today. He is the master over our storms. Our storms might be great, but Jesus is greater. He's greater than cancer. He's greater than COVID-19. He's greater than our burdens. He's greater than our fears. He's greater, oh, than the mountain that we are facing today. He's greater than the valley that we're walking through. He's greater than Satan's lies. He's greater than our disappointments. He's greater than our heartache. He's greater than our addictions. Greater, 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 greater. Jesus is greater. In fact, greater is he that is within us than he who is in the world. Our takeaway for the message today is simply this. Jesus is greater than our storms. Jesus, we love you today. We thank you, Lord, for your infallible, your life-changing, life-altering, miracle-working word. And God, I pray today, Lord, that your word today will encourage the heart of your people today, especially those that might be discouraged today. I pray that you will use your word to encourage them today and help us to understand that you are greater than our storms. Hallelujah.